Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal and Andy Bernard. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, got the first hour of schmooze, the second hour of car selling secrets. I mean, you get all kinds of stuff. Yes, right? Do. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant we're doing a live yeah we're doing a live baby it's Thursday. Baby. Live car commercials. Uh, Indeed. I, I know it seems far off, especially for those of us that are in beautiful Minnesota where it's raining and snowing and gray at the same time, but spring isn't that far away, and that's really uh, the start of the used car season. We are starting to load up on inventory right now. If you have a car that you would like to sell, then we'll give you numbers on you know even 15 year old stuff every once in a while somebody will call me and go hey i got a 97 aerostar and there's no motor in it and i think there's cats living in it would you guys be interested yeah i mean there is a limit um but if you have something and, and we've done this a lot people that are in leases that are you know four or five or six months out and they're working from home and they don't really need two cars currently uh a lot of times we can get you out of a lease early if you want more information, please email me directly at dougatwalzer.com. I'll connect you with the right people, and maybe we can buy your car from you, and life will be good. What do you Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. You got a 10-second delay. Tom's on the moon. Yeah, apparently. No, I just wanted to make sure we had it all done there, man, you know. <laughs> all right. Hello. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, how are you? This is so weird being here with not you here. Your headphones are here, and you, you left your glasses on your laptop. He has 800 pairs of those uh, things. Oh, okay. 800 pairs, well, you damn do. it. You don't know where uh, 790 of them are, but you have them. That's probably true. That is probably true. So, uh, so I to bring up quick traffic report. Not really yeah. a traffic report, but, you know, an observation that I made coming here. Uh, if you are coming... 100 south, north of probably, I think it's around 36th, I would suggest you don't for now. Because someone Why, what's up? managed to get the entire front part of their car sheared off by a semi. Oh! And, oh. yeah, I, I was lucky enough to get past it, like, almost immediately after it happened. I didn't see the accident itself, but the truck is, yeah, it's, there is no engine in that truck anymore. Uh, Man. Or front wheels, maybe, even. Uh, but it's going to get pretty bad, so uh, detour that area for the next hour Can or so. Can I tell you my best truck accident story? 
best. I'm mm. driving. This is yeah, 20 years ago. I'm on a motorcycle <laughs> driving on 35W South, coming up to the Crosstown. Sounds about right. And the semi's in the center lane. He pulls right, and there's a Riviera kind of behind him, and the guy had to slow down a little bit, you know, to let the semi in. Well, the guy in the Riv got all pissed, so he pulled onto the shoulder, passed the semi, cut in front of him, Why? but cut in front of him too tight, and the semi oh, broadsided God. him. The oh, semi God. slams on his brakes. The wheels from the riv come down. He's perpendicular to traffic, shoots in front of a car, and gets hit again. Wow. Ugh. He did not get killed. I stopped and That's reported lucky. the accident. Jeez. It was just, but it was just, and it's two in the afternoon on like a Tuesday in the summer. Why do people drive like that? I don't know. Pro tip don't do Who that. Who knows? Don't mess with semi. Yeah, especially. no. Stay away from, even if a semi driver is being the worst driver in the world, don't try to overpower them because it's not going to no, work. No, it does not work. Indeed. So I want to ask you guys a question that I asked on the on the morning show this morning. Uh, why didn't we kick it off? And there are two parts to this, and I always make sure that I tell people because they, they'll interpret it however they wish to interpret it. Um, can you imagine waking up this morning, and again, you like the impeachment, you don't like the impeachment, you hate Trump, you love Trump, what a, that doesn't have anything to do with the story. Can you imagine waking up this morning and you're Donald Trump and the entire world is either laughing at you or hates you? Yeah. Can you imagine what that feels like for one human being? I Good think God. he's got to be used to it, though. I mean, even before politics, he was always kind of a polarizing individual. Oh, yeah. yeah, but they hate him now. I mean, my God. It's pretty hideous, there's no question about it. But I just it made me very sad. I woke up this morning, and it's one of the first things I thought of. Is I, I wonder what it's like Donald Trump waking up this morning, and everybody is either... Every country in the world's laughing at him because they, they look at it as a failed presidency. You got half the United States that hate his guts, another half the United States that voted for him, but now half of those people who voted for him said they'd never do it again. I mean, I just waking up to a day like... I've never had a day like that, so I guess I'm being grateful. I think the other countries in the world are probably a little bit nervous. I mean, America's turned into, like, the 22-year-old weightlifter that does 15 yeah. shots of Jägermeister and then says, what yeah, are you looking at? That's true. <laughs> yep. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And so I'm thinking about that whole situation, what that must feel like to know that all those people are focusing on you as the biggest loser in history, right? I'm not saying he is either. I'm just saying that's the way they're looking at him. And then I think of the second part. How'd you like to be 78-year-old Joe Biden? You get elected president. The most proud moment of your life is your inauguration, and it's going to be a Zoom inauguration. God. Your big moment, and you don't get it. First president in history to not have an inauguration functionally. Yep, exactly. Hmm. So these two guys are both shattered now. I was was going to ask. I'm stepping all over the delay. I apologize. I'll be quiet for a second. No, no, that's a problem. That's not a problem. Go ahead. No, I was going to ask Andy. So every president has had an inauguration? I believe so. So I was curious about if they actually did that back in the old days or if they just, you know, got together for beers and said, all right, don't well, screw it up. I think back then that was called an inauguration. Yeah. I mean, yeah, probably. A lot of uh, a lot of political rallies back in the day before, I don't know if they made it illegal or what happened, but it was not uh, it was actually unusual not to serve basically as much liquor as you could bring over in a tank because liquored up people tend to agree with anything you say. Well, that's why they stopped selling liquor on election day for 
hundreds of years, actually. It's fairly new yep. that they do that because people <laughs> get yeah. people drunk and say, hey, I'll give you another shot if you vote for uh, yeah, Jimmy basically. Bob. Oh yeah, they would they would they'd liquor everyone up and then start talking and everyone would be hanging on their every word. But uh, I don't think they do God. that anymore. Let's see, list what of inauguration ceremonies. Uh, yeah, George Washington had an inauguration ceremony, the front balcony of the Federal Hall in New York, New York. Huh. So right. <laughs> his second inauguration uh, was 135 words. Yeah. Well, I'm George Washington. You know me. Let's just Been around keep at forever. it. Don't worry about it. I think it's wonderful. No question about it. But yeah, I, just starting off the day with uh, one guy is the laughing stock of the world, right? Whether you believe it or not, I mean, the people right now are, are being ridiculous about it. The other guy, Joe Biden, doesn't get an inauguration, so everybody, they're both sad today. And then I look in the news. Listen to the headlines this morning. Or this afternoon at this point, I guess. Well, no, it's still morning, still only 1128. Um, Trump's relations with Giuliani appear to sour. <laughs> I really? I wonder why. Mm. Rudy, what and happened? I'm sorry. That's a good no, that's question, right. honestly. What happened to him? I mean, just, I it's just like a clown show. The, every, it's like he's doing it on purpose. You know, the Borat deal, and then he has the press conference next to the adult bookstore, and then his makeup starts running, and... Mm. The day of the riots or whatever, the insurrection, whatever you want to call it, he was calling up senators trying to get support for overturning the vote. Well, he was calling, he got he cut calling the wrong ones. I, I just. I think he's kind of old at I this think point. he should retire. Yeah. And he used to be, you know, I, I was a fan for a long time. He was the guy who cleaned up New York. Yep. But, I mean, there's a certain point where you just, uh, you don't have it anymore, I think. And I think he's at that point. All right, well, let me say this. I have met Rudy Giuliani about four times. One of the most arrogant human beings I've ever met well, in my course. life. of course. God, is he arrogant. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. I mean... I remember that the, la- the last time I saw him, he was putting his golf shoes on at the golf course I was playing. And I walked up, and I, I actually had dinner with him one night years and years and years ago. But he never, from time to time, he doesn't remember anybody. That's the best way to go. Uh, in any case... So I walk up to him. He's putting his golf shoes on. and go, uh, Rudy might not remember me, but I had uh, dinner with you a while back. Uh, I'm a good friend of Norm Coleman's. And he goes, oh, really? Good for you. <coughs> yeah. God, what a prick. Well, I mean, he's a little guy. You should have just done the helicopter with him. That way he'd remember next time he met you. <laughs> That's true. He would. <laughs> he is a little guy. He's a tiny little guy. Yeah, well, I right. mean, New Yorkers aren't exactly the most, uh, you know, humble people in the world. And he was basically no. the king of the New Yorkers for a while, so he's got to be—he's got to be the most New York out of all of them, and I think he is. Uh, probably true. Uh, I have a question for you. If you were guessing that there is going to be a member of the House, a, a GOP lawmaker, that's going to file um, an impeachment against Biden next week. Now we're going to have oh two God. impeachments. Yeah, it's never going to stop, man. These money-grubbing sows, this is all about money. All of it. The thing against Trump is this woman coming up with a thing against Biden. All of this is about money. It's disgusting. Well, or attention, because now everyone's talking about this guy. Oh, he's the guy who's going to impeach Biden, but yep, just wasting all of our time, all of our money. It's actually a woman. 
Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia. She's got a face mask on the House floor. I believe she's a member of the House. Yeah, she's on the House She'd floor wearing wearing a mask that says Trump won. Hmm. <laughs> I honestly think it's time to split America in half. It is. Which way? We're getting close. Anyway, don't care. At this point, We're just getting uh, randomly assign states to, to, to the two countries. We'll have the... Uh, It'll be like a checkerboard pattern of two countries interlocked together. Uh, might be three now. Well, I, I do it believe that be we really, we really do need a third party. It's time. These these parties have too much power, uh, too much sway. And don't try to pull my tit and tell me these these parties don't work together on most of this. most of this stuff is a two two party scam on the taxpayer. Well, yeah. I mean, what a joke. Jesus, at least you could try to cover it up. Uh, you know, it's like all-star wrestling, basically. It's, it's like yeah. watching the, the WWE. It is. God, it's disgusting. It, it, it's, it's too bad, unfortunately. But uh, So we'll see what the situation But I, I just wanted to ask you guys an opinion on that, what that must feel like to be either Biden, who's been let down because he can't have an inauguration, or Trump wakes up this morning. Got to be the worst day of his life, I would imagine, unless he's totally numb to it all. He probably just doesn't even care, honestly. I would be surprised if Biden cares. I honestly don't think he actually wanted to be president. You know, he didn't run in 16 because he was cracked that his kid died of cancer. Oh, yeah. Right. <clears throat> and, and I think that he thought... And clearly he doesn't like uh, Trump presidency, and you know, I think the Dems convinced him he was the best chance at, uh, at not allowing Trump to have a second term. So he went, okay, I don't, I just, he just doesn't, you know, he knows how the government works. He'll, I think he'll be pretty effective and efficient, but I, I, I had a look at him. I don't see that his heart's in it. I don't yeah. know. Well, he's also going to spend trillions of dollars, which is a little upsetting to me. Well, we got to figure out, you know, here's the thing about the stimulus deal. There's a lot of us mm-hmm. that don't need it. Tom, do you need a stimulus check? Yeah, $600. I can't make it without it. Well, it, you know, even if it's two grand. I mean, I money two grand, yeah. wasn't my best financial year last year by any stretch, but I don't need the dough, and a lot of people are like that. Right. However, there's right. a ton of people that actually really, really need the money. So, you know, rather than just give it to everybody, let's figure out a way to target where it's going to do the most good. I like it. Um, It'll never happen. No, no, it won't. We had a guest on yesterday, Spike Cohen, who is the vice presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party running uh, in 2020. Spike was on yesterday, and we were talking about that very thing about how um, if you get $600 from the government, and they're still talking about the 2000 but if you just get the $600 check from the government, by the time it's paid back, it'll have cost each taxpayer $2,300. Uh, that's great, isn't it? So it's going to cost four times more than the money they're going to get. So who's getting all that other money, do you think, these scammy bastards are pulling? Yeah. They're interest. getting more money than anybody is. Isn't that amazing? The people who are giving away the 600 are getting three times more money than the people who are getting the 600. Well, it's I, disgusting. I, I think the problem is we basically maxed out the credit cards, so yeah. the interest charge is pretty well, high. Yep, basically. <laughs> yeah. We just didn't have the trillion laying around in the sock drawer. Yeah, it's true. It's absolutely true. But uh, I guess we'll just uh, shoulder to the wheel. We keep on moving forward. When, we're doing better than Siegfried and Roy because now they're both dead. Yeah. I don't know Are if you they? saw that or not. Yeah, pancreatic yeah, cancer. Oh. Was it? I think so, yeah. That's not a good one. 
I wouldn't what are the good cancers, that, Andy? <laughs> well, stage one anything is not that bad. Okay. You know, you can live with it. Uh, let's see. Um, the one that my uncle has, he's lived with it for like 20-something years really? and they're just now treating it. I can't remember yeah, what, it was, what it's called. I don't know why. Hmm. Oh, well. There's, there's actually a lot of cancers these days that are just like, you know, you go in, you get it treated, it's taken care of. Wow. It, even 30 years ago, these would have been... You know, even maybe a 50-50 shot of living, but now it's uh, we've come a long way. But I would still say the vast majority of them are something that you don't want. <laughs> Avoid them uh, if possible. Pro tips: don't get cancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's some wise thinking right there. We got to take a break. We'll be right yes. back in a couple of minutes. More with Doug and Andy and our guest. We have a guest coming up. Excellent. Yes, we'll we be do. right back. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO from North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, you work with many different types of businesses. Can you tell me about one of them? Absolutely. Real Fishing was started by a young entrepreneurial couple here in the Twin Cities. They offer guided fishing services during the open water season and ice house rentals in the winter. They came to us with a great idea for their business, but not a lot of experience in getting one off the ground. Now that they're up and running, they've told us how much they appreciate that we listen to their ideas for their business and help them work through all of the contingencies that could come. Knowing that we will be here to help them every step of the way with the capital they need. Yeah, they're not going to get that at just any bank. You need Bilski. Tommy, our whole team at all of the branches take pride in providing outstanding customer service and are ready to help our clients when they need us most. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Square, and use promo code TOM, T-O-M. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. Is our guest ready to go, Andrew? Yep. Jay Giuliano, Slamabama. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing extremely well, as a matter of fact. Slamabama covers a Duran Duran class because we look back at the year that was 2020. I uh, will tell you, honestly, I'm trying to think of what year it was, Jay, but uh, the year Duran Duran broke, I was the uh, Midwest 80, Regional. 182. So it was 8182. Okay. Yeah. So I was the re. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, very quickly, I was going to mention. I was the Midwest Regional uh, kind of big shot for capital back then. 
And I went on the road with uh, Duran Duran, Simon LeBon, and Nick Rhodes, and I got to know each other pretty well. The three Taylors kind of stayed to themselves, except for Andy Taylor would like to throw things off of balconies. I do remember that. <laughs> but, oh, he was a hard partier, Jay. Uh, but yeah, Simon LeBon and, and Nick Rhodes, nicest guys. Very quick story, Jay. Very quick story. He, he says, Tom, Tom, this is my first time in America. I want to go to Burger King. I said, what? He goes, I want to go to Burger King. I said, okay. Well, I, so I took Simon and, and Nick and I went to Burger King in Minneapolis. Minneapolis I was actually dying in Minnesota. He bites it into his uh, Whopper. I want a Whopper. I would like a Whopper, Tom. So I got him a Whopper. He took one bite of it. And he looks at me and goes, Tom. I need some proper food. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. I love it. I'll I love never, it. I, never forget it as long as I live. I'm a massive fan of those guys. And it, it's funny, I've been a fan since, since, well, I was an MTV kid. So, you know, I just, I've been a fan yeah. since the first time I saw them. I saw the Planet Earth video, and I was a massive fan from that point on. I've got Duran Duran posters hanging in my studio. It's just, I just, I've always just been a massive fan, so I love hearing stories like that because that's one, one honor I've never had. I've been a guest to their concert. Um, in the past, but I've never met them face to face. So, uh, yeah, very nice guys. Very, very nice oh, guys. As a matter of fact, Simon and Nick, most definitely. Oh yeah, Simon seems like the nicest guy in the world. So. Oh, great guy. He's a great guy. Loves to sail. It's all he does is sail now. Not yeah, a bad life. Absolutely. Man. Yeah, and he came very close to uh, very close to his end at a yacht race one time. So yeah, he, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Jay Juliana with us. I want to hear all about Slamabama. Uh, yes, sir. Um, well, we're we're originally from Birmingham. Well, I'm originally from Birmingham, Alabama. My wife Rosanna is the other singer in the band. She's more of the lead singer. I'm I'm kind of the I'm kind of the Eddie Van Halen to her David Lee Roth. If I'm without them, <laughs> <laughs> okay. She's, she's, the, right. she's the one that you know. She's the show, and 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 I love being her guitar player. And and um, and I sing a bit too. But uh, we we've been doing it now for over a decade together. We just you know we as a married couple. Uh, as you, as I'm sure you know, you know we've been married for 11 years, but it's like 44 years in band years when you're on the road together and you're you're in hotels yeah. constantly. Yep. And but we've had a, we've had a wonderful marriage doing it, and um, we just love what we do. We've we've been able to make a living doing music, which is the dream. You know, we've done it, you know, from a cover band capacity, but we also, you know, we get our we get our creativity out and you know we do original music and put it out there for the world so we it's been it's been a real dream scenario for us for sure so that's a wonderful thing so so what is it all about so slamabama now i just read something here uh it just talks about uh, talks about your wife and you added a third vocalist to round out their unique two and three part harmonies backed by a dynamic and tight rhythm section and you've got that slamabama sound i like <laughs> that, that. Is that slamabama sound <laughs> I so, like you know, that I a just, lot. So I, I, I grew up, you know, like I said, I grew up listening to so many different kinds of music, and I think that's that's what has been kind of cool for us is that we don't really, you know, we we we, we very first started, um, you know, being from Alabama and, and talking the way I do or singing the way I do. We always thought, you know, we need to be a country band and we need to do things the way, you know, by the books. And and as we kind of went on, we realized the fact that we could express our love for all kinds of different, you know, different genres cover them all which is why we recently covered the duran song and i you know I, that song ordinary world is we we actually got the rights to release the single on it just a couple of days ago so we're going to release the single on it and and you know i i never wanted to do that song uh because i didn't feel like i myself 
would be the singer for that song because I love Simon so much. But Rosanna did such a mm-hmm. beautiful job, and I always I always heard her in my head singing it. And I thought she did a wonderful job with it. That is a wonderful. How, how, it, so yeah, I do understand because because usually uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, Andy on the show is my son, and then uh, my wife is on, and and our daughter is on too. So the entire family's on Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. Yes, uh, I enjoy working with them a, a lot, but it, but it's as you said, it's like you've been married for eleven years. It's actually you've been married for forty four years if you work together, right? Absolutely, and and you know if it works, it works. And I, you know, I've I've never I, I've enjoyed every minute of. I, I honestly. Um, and I honestly believe that our marriage has been strengthened by it because we we work together and we you know we make decisions together and we've got a great supporting crew. Our our our, our whole band is is in our fans and everybody is just so. There, it, there's a lot of love in Slamovale and it's it's been a way you know it's been a, it's been a blessing to be able to do what we do. I, I think marriages would be very hard um, if if both members weren't a part of this this line of work for sure. If you know if I were on the road and. Rosanna wasn't, or vice versa. I think it would have been a, a much uh, tougher road to hoe for us than, than to be able to be together and do it, you know, do it as a family. Well, I think you're absolutely right, traveling. Being on the road without your loved ones, without your husband, without your wife, or whatever the situation is, that's a tough road to hoe there, staying day, night after night and day after day after day. I don't think people realize how, what being on the road takes out of musicians. It's it's hard. It is, you know, and, and it, we've... You know, I'll tell you, we, we, from the beginning, we were very careful about how we toured. And, and when, the way I say that is, like, because our, our basic route is we, we play a lot, well, when things are normal. Our route is basically Chicago to Denver and back, that whole swath of the country. And then we also do a run through the southeast. And we always made sure that we did it with hotel rooms. I mean, this sounds kind of silly, but I think you know what I'm talking about. We, we did it with hotel rooms. We didn't live in a bus together constantly we we always made sure that rooms were part of the deal and we could we could exist apart from each other as well as being you know all over each other every single day of the week so we you know it it it, for 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 several years we still based it out of alabama but we were playing that upper midwest run we would go out for six or eight weeks at a time and then go back home for a week and go out six or eight weeks at a time and go back home for a week now we live up in the Fargo Moorhead area, so we we moved oh. up here. Our yeah, our, our our agency, the Bitzer agency, is out of Moorhead. So this mm. is you know, if you threw a dart at the United States, this is almost dead center of the of the route that we run all year. So we are we're actually able to come home now between shows, which is which is a beautiful thing too. That's been a that's been a really good thing for our for our lifestyle and our marriage, and and for the guys too. It is a terrific thing, and I tell you what, I lived in uh, Fargo many, many years. 1975, I think it was, 76, I lived in Fargo. I only lived there a year, but I, I love that town. It's a great town. It is, and it's growing so fast. I mean, we just in the three years that we've lived here, we've played up here for you know for several years, but just in the three li- years that we've lived here, we've watched it just kind of blossom. It's, it, it's a beautiful town. Do you, do you play a lot of uh, uh, college venues? What kind of venues do you play? We uh, we mainly, you know, I, I used to do the, the frat party thing back in the day of when I was younger, and and that's now that I've gotten a little a little more aged, we uh, we we play a lot of street dances, fairs, festivals, and then in the winter time we do a lot of the we do a lot of the bars where the college kids go. It, it's funny because our our 
our um, demographic is very wide. I mean, you know, because we, we'll do casino shows. We were just actually at Shooting Star Casino this past weekend for a couple of nights, and we'll oh, see. Sure. You know, the, the audience will trend a little older there, and then we'll do a, a, a show at like Windbreak in Fargo or the original up in Minot, North Dakota, and we'll have a really super young, you know, twenty-one to twenty-eight-year-old crowd. So, we, so we, you. We, you know, we, we go where the we go where the show can happen for sure. Jay, do you play uh, the Twin Cities often? We uh, we did for quite a while. We um we played the Toby Keith when it was there. Um, oh sure, then, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we played that quite often. Actually, we had a really good following there. We we always did wonderfully there. We haven't been back to the cities in a little bit. I'm trying to think if there's a venue that we're playing there now. I don't I don't think there is. You know, at this given moment, but we we um we definitely have played there quite a bit. Um and you know did a couple of street dances around the area and stuff too. Yeah, we're about a quarter mile from the old Toby Keith. Yeah, man, that was not a great even. venue. Yeah, I, I have a comment and a question, Tom. If I could jump in, is it, oh, of course, is it time for Absolutely. tech support with Doug. Uh, tech support with <laughs> Doug. Yeah, so um, I'm a. I, I run car dealerships, but I'm also an amateur musician. Like you and your wife, we got married 11 years ago, but I'll talk about that later. I went. I heard you were going to be on, so I jumped on your website, and I clicked on Watch and Listen. You've got five YouTube videos on there, and all the links are broken. Yes, I know. Well, this is, this is a funny story. This just happened about about three days ago. Um, we our, our main YouTube hub, our main YouTube page got hacked. And oh no! Is, oh, let me tell you. And so, like, right now, I'm in the midst of re-editing new videos to go up. I had some of the ones that were up there I could put back up, but it was real. It was actually a real tragedy. We had um, we had a few videos up there with two and three hundred thousand hits, and oh. we lost them all. And what it appeared, what it appeared happened, and I won't go into a long story on it, but it appeared we went through. There was an email attached to that to that YouTube that we just don't ever check. You know, it was just kind of there for that YouTube page, yep. and. And evidently, at one point, someone had broken into that Gmail account, hacked it, monetized the videos, and then they must have somehow gotten uh, banned off of YouTube. So they ended up shutting the page down. Oh, and, no. Yeah, so, I mean, we had, we had a... I'm a big Alabama football fan, um, so it's been, it's been a good week. But Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are they, and, are they any good, Alabama? I never heard of okay. them. Are they any good? They're, they're okay. They're okay. They're not, they're not bad. I think, I think with, some, with some potential and a good coach, they could really go somewhere. But, um, yeah. So that, that makes a lot of sense because the rest of the page is totally pro, and I'm like, oh, these guys must be great. And so I'm like, ah. And I did find track down some clips on YouTube. So my question is this. Uh, my wife and I, in the wintertime, will make uh, records in our home studio just to f- This is Minnesota, and the alternative is to drink vodka and watch SpongeBob for four months, which isn't really that healthy. Uh, we've got a great relationship. She's a terrific singer. I play everything else. I'm also a guitar player. But the only time we consistently argue and fight is when we're recording. Do you have that problem with your wife? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you. Well, in our case, there's two times that we that, that, that Rosanna and I may kind of get at each other, and that's writing and recording. Mm-hmm. We, we do. We do. But you know what? It, it, it's funny because... We've never let it bother us in the long road because uh, Rosanna actually had taught me this a long time ago. If it's, if you're fighting about it, then it means it's worth fighting for. So if, you know, we're doing something creative or, or if we're, you know, recording or making a song, we always, we fight over the things that we think, you know, are worth fighting for. And in the long run, 
one of us is at least, and probably in your case too, one of us eventually thinks, well, you know what, they, they were probably right about that, and I'm glad we did that. So, well, you know, the beauty <laughs> for us having the studio at home and being, you know, mature and a, got a really great relationship is that when it gets kind of bad, we'll just look at each other and go, this is stupid. Let's shut everything down, go upstairs, and we'll come back at that next weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. well, I wish I was as good as that as Rosanna is. Usually she just looks at me and goes, you're stupid, I'm going to walk out. And then we'll, <laughs> we'll pick back up on this later. <laughs> that is funny. Well, it's good to hear that we're not the only ones. Absolutely not. That actually, and that really is, honestly, the, the time that I think you, and I think everybody, you know, because I think when you're co-writing with somebody or you're recording with someone, you'll be a lot more selective about what you say to them if they're not your husband or wife. But you know you have a little more carte blanche to kind of just fire off at that point. So, no, I mean, yeah, for sure. I, I, I think that that's something that happens with us. See, Absolutely. For, it's not, usually yeah. my fault because she's a, a, a technical singer. Uh, can sight read. I can read a little bit, but I'm really more of a field player. So my direction to her, and she does almost all the vocal stuff, is, can you try it again and just do it better and different? And, and she's sure. like, I would like a little <laughs> more direction than that. Well, don't that's do funny. it the same and worse, better and different. I mean, it's clear to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense when you think about it. That's funny. Anyway, thanks for uh, making me feel like I'm not the only uh, soldier in the fort. I, w I would say that probably that is the that is the most volatile area of our of our creative relationship is is like I said either recording or writing. But but again, in the long run, it, it, I do believe that you get the most out of each other when you have those. When you have that ability to actually be honest like that, you know, there's a lot of studio environments you go in and you don't necessarily want to say to the engineer or the producer what you're really thinking so you kind of hem and haw around about it because you know that that person's in control of your creative outcome yep. but when it's you know when you've got a, a relationship like that blended in then you can really just go at it but then you'll come out with something really good i think it is wonderful we will take a break here be right back a couple minutes you got a couple more minutes with this jay i got plenty of time all right, we'll be right back with Jay Giuliano. Slamabama, baby, right back. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit shift2sell.com. That's shift, the number two, sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. 
This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. You know, Jay. Yes. Sir. I sh- I should mention to you that is Doug playing the guitar right there. As a matter of fact, the guy you were just talking about, Doug, that's him playing the guitar. I was wondering what version that was. I was like, that's a different version. Yeah. So what we I. Uh, Recorded a bunch of stuff and gave it to these guys for bumper music, so we don't get kicked off of YouTube for copyright infringement. <laughs> nice. You know what? If I could, really quick, because I promise, I actually just went live on our page before we went live with you, and I told I told my people that I'd, I'd, I'd tell them a little about something we have coming up. Could I do that real quickly? Sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, we uh, we've been putting up a bunch of black and white photos from in the studio recently, and we we've never released anything. Other than that, that, that Duran Duran cover that we did, we've never released anything but original music to like iTunes and, and, and Spotify and all that. But we're in the middle of doing a massive cover project in the studio, and I'm really excited. We're, we're calling it Slamabama Unoriginal. And what we're doing is we're basically recovering, we're, we're covering our favorite songs. It's not songs we do in our live set. It's just songs that we'll probably never do them live. And really really cool variety of things that i think a lot of people are gonna are gonna really enjoy and we put a lot of work into it and it's coming out fantastic so i'm really thrilled to kind of tell because i know we've got a lot of people listening um i gotta call my dad family. and see if he had a girlfriend back in the 70s in alabama you and i seem like we're a lot alike <laughs> we might be, we might be. <laughs> i'll have to ask my mom, mom? <laughs> <laughs> did you ever go out with a guy from harvard oh my goodness yeah but yeah so i'm very excited about that i also like to give a shout out to dennis and alec our uh bass player and our drummer who are also listening alec actually is um he's a teacher as well he's substitute teaching but he's got a long-term sub job right now in fargo and he's i think he's got it playing he's got this podcast playing in his class right now so i told him i'd be on my best behavior that is it. Yes, so that's good. You're on your best behavior. You know, I, got, I just thought of one of my favorite Fargo stories. The old Fargo Theater, uh, still there, I'm assuming. It was there many, many years ago. It's just the Fargo it Theater. It was a movie theater at one time. Uh, is it still a venue for music uh, this day and age? Yeah, I think that, yeah, there are, some, there are some acts that play there as well. And I've been to see a couple of films there as well. But, it, yeah, they, there still are some, uh, some music shows there. Many, many years ago. You know Leo Kotke, the great guitar player, singer, Absolutely. Leo Kotke, Icewater? Well, uh, I was working at KVOX in Fargo, a radio station, KVOX in Fargo, North Dakota. I see Leo Kotke's coming. I love Leo Kotke. And uh, so I, I was doing some other appearance. So I went to see Leo Kotke wearing a tuxedo. 
because <laughs> that was what I, I was working. So I go to see him. I'm backstage uh, wearing a tuxedo, and all of a sudden, here comes Leo Kotke. And he walks up to me and goes, are you somebody I'm supposed to meet? <laughs> I said, no, sir. I'm just here. I'm a fan. He goes, all right, thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Are, are you somebody I'm supposed to meet? Great guy. I'm a big I, I play nothing but Fender Tellies. I play Fender Telecasters twenty four seven. Sure. And um and Leo has a signature telly that's really cool. Yeah, Leo, hell of a talent. What a guitar player. I love his singing style, too. He's got that kind of deeper voice. It's kind of singing. Like Pamela Brown, my God, it's tough, tough to beat. Tom T. Hall wrote it, and Leo Kotke singing it. Works mm-hmm. for me. Absolutely. It works for me. Are you, are you, uh, now, do you have any children, Jay? Well, uh, college age. College age. So, oh, really? Yeah, so now the, uh, all bets are off. We can just go and live it up <laughs> <laughs> all bets are off yes, honestly got no doug doug are you someday when your kids get a little old to get to be college age you got one uh, college age next year I well know. we got one that just graduated and my son yep. is halfway through and then two will start this year so i don't you know i don't know i'm a little bit older than you i think and i we're, we're starting to at least think about what we're going to do when we stop working so I'm sure, sure we'll be playing music at some point. You know, we always played in church, and but that's all been, you know, it's been a year since we've done that, and that's been hard to give up. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Well, you know, you just got to, you know, if, you, if it's in you, you got to get it out. And yep. that's, you know, however you do it. Yeah. Absolutely. I could see that. Was it, Jay, was there one particular band? I mean, we talked a couple of things here, but was there one particular band? Was there one particular song uh, and the reason I'll tell you the reason I'm asking that because I remember when yes, I was 11 sir. years old. 11 years old, the song "Twist and Shout" came out by the Beatles, and that was the song that drew me to rock and roll music. I will never. I was 11, and I went, "My God, that's a great song." Do you have a song like that that brought you into the business? You know, it's funny enough. Um, again, as an MTV kind of kid, you know, I, I'll tell you, it's, I, I, I had been playing, I've been plucking around on guitar since I was just as long as I can remember, and. Funny enough, growing up in Alabama, um, the the one person who made me want to play music, I can say that more than anybody, was actually Buck Owens. And I was a huge Hee Haw fan. Oh. And when oh, I yeah. was about, my, my folks have a story that when I was about, I, I don't know, I was probably three or four years old, we were walking past the store window and there was a guitar in there. And I looked in and I pointed at it and I said, Bucko. And they were like, oh. He's calling the guitar Bucko, you know, because I, I, because Buck Owens was just a hero of mine when I was a little bitty kid. Right. He hauled with my family. So that's probably the reason why my career is musically trended country is because I really did grow up loving that kind of stuff. You know, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a big fan of country music, always have been. And, and I, I have two kinds of different music that I like to listen to. I, I love new wave, 80s pop stuff, but I love to listen to it. You know, it's like my, it's my getaway. And then, because sometimes I get a little bit too, it, 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 as a musician, you know, sometimes you, you're influenced, you know, by, by this type of music. But then as it evolves, sometimes you get a little bit jaded about it and you start, you start picking it apart. And you, you know, and, and I don't, because we do a lot of country in our set, it becomes a little more of a job sometimes than it does a getaway. So I, I, I love pop music because I don't, I don't tend to, in my head, break it down and, and get too critical about it. Does that make any sense? I don't know. But, yeah, it, yeah. Makes, it makes total sense, as a matter of fact. The, the, the one thing that kind of 
My mother was a huge country fan when I was a kid. She loved country music. Uh, you know, great some great singers out there, and she was a huge Charlie Pride fan. My God, she loved Charlie sure. Pride. Yeah. But um, there's a bit of country now that I, I, I don't care for. It's a more corporate country. I, I know that sounds weird to say corporate country, but there's that, I don't know, it's too poppy for me or something. I don't know what that is. Oh, and that's kind of what I'm, I, I think I'm getting at, is like I, is that I, now I get a little critical about that because I... Yeah, I, I will say I will say from a from a from a cover point of view, you know, in our show, there's never been a style of country that really seamlessly worked better with like '80s rock, '90s rock. Like you know, we can bounce back and forth from let's yeah. say a you know a Sam Hunt song to a Blink One Eighty Two song in our set, and it doesn't seem weird. You know, there's you know there there was a time where I'm sure if you were going from Durander, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, if you were going from, from Diamond Rio to Blink-182, that would have been really obtuse. You know what I'm saying? But but there is a relationship, <laughs> I think, it's a lot closer now, you know, between the two styles. So it's good for our show to be able to cover, because we do cover a really broad amount of music, and we're, we, we don't consider ourselves a country cover band at all when we're, you know, doing party shows and, you know, and street dances. We're, we're definitely more of a variety type thing, but we do tend to... We do tend to hover around like today's country and super current stuff, and then, and then, and then even throw in, you know, like you said, a Blink a Blink One Eight Two song or a Pitbull song or something weird like that. It would seem really weird, but it really isn't because these these types of music do work well together. But I do agree with you a hundred percent. Is you know, country is is definitely a, a whole different ball game now. It's very urban influenced. There's a lot of loops and beats yeah. and things that you you never thought you'd hear. But um, you know, from a from a Slamabama perspective, it's it's probably a gift that they do that. So, yeah. Yeah, probably true. Doug, what do you think of that whole thing? You think that that country's gotten way too poppy? Well, there's a lot. There's way more money in it than there ever used to be. I yeah, mean, it's become yeah, an international thing. You yeah. know, when one of the country superstars is a guy from Australia, who's a badass guitar player, by the way, it's different Absolutely. than the stuff that yeah. that I grew up on. I, I'm sure you've seen that Ken Burns documentary about country, but if if you if you haven't yep. and you're listening to this, it's it's even if you're not a country fan. The stories behind the music are just fabulous. Oh, amazing! It's really good. And, and even you mentioned you mentioned um, Keith Urban, you know, indirectly just now. Yeah. Even his music has changed so much over the course of his career. He was he started out in a band called The Ranch back in the nineties, and The Ranch is like straightforward nineties, you know, country music. And now here he is once again, looped beats, things that you know that have just evolved with you know with the, you know. In fact, you don't. I don't hear Keith play guitar as much as I like it more. You know, I, I wish it, I would just go to watch him play guitar. I mean, he's that oh, good. Uh, he's phenomenal. If you ever see him live, it's, it's mind blowing. I mean, I'm I'm not really a country player, but my favorite guitar players are like Danny Gatton and guys like that. It's like sure, just so good. Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, I don't think you know. I think guys that 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 really bring it in, you know, as far as guitar players. Like, one of my favorite guitar players of all time is, is Brian Fetzer. And I'm yeah. a oh, yeah. massive, massive great, great captain Brian Fetzer. He, li- he lives up here. He married a Minnesota girl and settled down in the Twin Cities about Absolutely. 10 years ago. Uh, a friend of mine friend of mine is his neighbor. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. So. Last time I saw Brian, it was it had to be eight or nine years ago. Jeff Beck was doing a show, and those two had just got done touring together in kind of a 50s retrospective, and I looked up and there's Brian Setzer about four rows in front of me, so I just snuck up there and introduced myself and asked him if he was going to play with Jeff. And he goes, "No, I'm just here as a fan." And I thought, "Well, that's pretty cool." That's awesome. 
Yeah, Brian's. A, I actually met Brian one time, and he was a. He, you know, I I am one of those people that kind of you know, especially since I'm in this line of work, I guess I I I've never been a meet your heroes kind of guy. You know, because I really do have those people that I, maybe I don't want to know them, you know, or, or ever meet them because I just I think of them. You know, my wife and I talk a lot about um, the way that you know, the internet has just kind of taken the sparkle off of stardom, you know, yeah. because I don't really want to know what somebody looks like in their house or what they're cooking or what they're eating or, you know, what. I'd rather look at them as this untouchable figure. And that's, that's kind of the way, you know, we grew up with entertainment is they, you know, you didn't really know what was going on inside their life. You just looked at them like this, you know, bigger than life figure. And when I did meet Brian, though, it was it was by total accident. We literally ran into each other in the hallway and he was the nicest guy. He was fantastic. That's so, great. Yeah. Now, see, that's the way it should be. Well, to tell you the truth, after working in radio all my life and then spending seven years working at Capitol Records as well, it, a lot of times the bigger the act is, the nicer they are. I mean, the Bob Seegers of the world, the Steve Millers of the world, people like that. There's only one guy out of all the really big acts, the total arrogant prick. And that's the lead guitarist for Queen. What's his name? Brian, oh, Brian May. Brian May? Oh wow! Oh my God! What an attitude that guy's got. <laughs> oh. that, you know that that I don't know if that's surprising or not. You know, you know, I, I always think of, he, <laughs> yeah. he looks like he'd be the nicest guy, but you know, when you're when you're Brian May, I guess you can be any way you want to be. But wow. well, yeah, he's a very smart man. He's a he's a genius. You know, he's a very very smart guy. He's a got a very PhD in astrophysics, I think. He does. He does Maybe that's yep. it. Maybe he's yep. just so smart. He's so much smarter than the rest of us. We can't think on this level. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Jay, you got to come to town. You got to come to town and play a little music for us. I'd love to hear it. I would love to. I'd love to meet you in person. Thank you so much for, for having me on. Slamabama. What a great name. That's all I have to say. Great name. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's my pleasure. Thank day. you. It's an honor. All right, uh, really terrific having you on. Thanks a lot. We'll go to break here. Be back. Hour two with the family.